up and um, it's an outreach that we are now going to be um, doing and uh, it is for Saturday which is April the 24th from 1030 to 1230 our food pantry will be open our food pantry we are going to be yes come on y'all so anybody that needs we're going to be boxing up it's going to be well over 150 probably close to 200 I'm going to tell you meals food but then not only that we're also going to supply you some tools on how to prepare the meals that we give you that's right it's one thing to get it but it's one thing to do to know what to do with what you get so we're going to be doing that on this uh, April the 24th so we will be announcing that via Facebook via uh, YouTube instant uh, Instagram we want to get the word out if you know anybody I don't care people suffer from food insecurity and sometimes they're too ashamed to say it come on out ain't no shame in our game ain't no shame in my game we want to be a resource to the community and then we're also looking for volunteers volunteers that will help with the food pantry because we need people that's going to be here to help to box the food up to hand the food out to pray for somebody if they need it we need volunteers so come on out and help us. And it's going to be right here. Open Altar Worship Center. We're not going to go out on the streets. We're going to be right here at 4992 Euclid Road, Suite 6. It's right on the front. You can't miss it. If you're on Euclid Road, just look to your left or your right, whichever way you're going. And then we're looking for volunteers to help out with the praise and worship ministry. Amen. With the media ministry. Looking for volunteers. So if you're able, you're sitting at home maybe and say, you know what? I, I want to get back in church and I need some things to do. Come on out. There is room at the altar for you. <laughs> so come on out. Praise God. And I, I honestly, since this is a uh, this is just an awesome atmosphere right now, I want to take this time to do our giving I know it's a little out of the norm but we want to take this time to do our giving so right now just go ahead on and get your offering together get your type together and you don't have to count it we'll, we'll take it up now and count it after service but I want us to sow into this worshipful atmosphere if you're watching us at home all you have to do is text OAWCVA to 77977. A lot of people now are dealing with Cash App. All you have to do is search for Open Altar, dollar sign Open Altar. And you know what? I'm going to make it easy on you. Sow a $25 seed today. A $25 seed. $25 seed. Just sow that today. Sow it in faith. Have mine already prepared? 
Those of you who are in the building, you can use the giving kiosk. I encourage you to give. I encourage you to give and give a 2021 offering. Y'all know what I mean by that? What I mean by that is you can't put $2 worth of gas in your car and think you're going to drive all week long. Amen? We used to be able to do that. But now it takes at least $10 to go at least a day or two. Amen? So let's give a 2021 offering. Praise God. I'm just going to pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you right now for the opportunity to be able to give into this good ground. This is kingdom building right here. Help us to build the kingdom by sowing your tithe or returning your tithe and your offering. Not sowing it, but returning it. If God has blessed you in any kind of way, give back unto him. Return it back unto him. Say, Pastor Wendy, I'm not at the level of faith where I can pay 10% on my tithes. But put an amount, set an amount and be consistent with it. You say, Pastor Wendy, I just don't have the faith to even pay my tithe. Well, set an amount. Say, God, I'm going, I promise you, I'm going to give you $25 or $27 or $50 every week. He'll bless you for that. Praise God. There you go, Sister Dorothy. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you for every gift and giver. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Praise the Lord. We're good. We are starting our sermon series, and I'm a, I promise you, I'm this has just been good this morning. We're doing extreme makeover on today. Extreme makeover. Hallelujah. You didn't have to stop playing because I promise you, I'm going to read some scriptures. <laughs> I kind of like the music. It's soothing, to be honest with you. Extreme makeover. 2020 seemed like it just really just turned some things up. And many of us thought, I remember when I was reminiscing this this past week that of how last year we were like, okay, we're going to be able to come back together. We're going to be able to get life as normal and all it did was continue to spiral downward and what was supposed to have been a couple of weeks ended up being months and what ended up being months has now turned into a whole year and I ask you the question do you look the same way that you looked on last year 
No, we don't. Do you feel the same that you did last year? No, we don't. I ask that because life is not the same as it used to be. It's not the same. And we cannot go back to what was. And we say it's a new normal. We say it's a new normal, but it's not a new normal for God. <laughs> God already knew what was going to take place. So when we are talking about, and in this sermon series, we're talking about extreme makeover. Extreme is beyond what we might even can think or imagine. It's greater than what's expected. It's to the greatest severity. Y'all never, you remember when Glamour Shots was out? Everybody was getting Glamour Shots and they got the Glamour, I didn't get one, but people would get Glamour Shots and they'd be like, who is that? Oh, that's you? It was an extreme makeover. It literally, trans, literally transformed them into a whole nother person. Now you don't have to do glamour shots. You can go to Photoshop. <laughs> Just wear the right clothes and have the right hair. You can do Photoshop. Trust me, I know. I do it. Smooth the skin out and everything. Even can color your hair if I want to put eyebrows on you if I want to I can put eyelash I can make you up <laughs> Photoshop I can even put you on a different body <laughs> you don't like your body I can put it on it that's a makeover <laughs> I can make you over click of a mouse but to make over means a set of changes that are intended to make a person or a place attractive that's what makeover means it means to refashion and to reconstruct and so pastor Robert and I was praying and talking about rebuilding many churches have shut down many lives are never to be the same again I've ran into some some people this week and they hadn't been to church since COVID hit. Still sitting at home. Because there has been a refashioning and a reconstructing of our lives and how we operate. And so therefore there must be a reconstructing and a refashioning of the church. The church building and the church in general. We are the church. So there has to be a refashioning and a restructuring of us, the church. God has the ability to perform an extreme makeover in each one of our lives. And even an open altar worship center. We have to understand that COVID came because it was to uh, uh, rebuild us. To some things just had to to go away. Um, if you ever have any of y'all ever watched Extreme Makeover Home Edition on HGTV, or am I out of somebody's time? Yeah. <laughs> well, with Extreme Makeover, 
they would, you could put in your application and describe your circumstances and let them know this is what I'm going through. Sometimes it was vets who experienced a tragic loss or it, some of the stories was a, a, a lady had adopted all of these children, but she didn't have any room to, uh, to house them. And so she put in her application and these people were chosen. And so with extreme makeover, the, the cast come and they, uh, uh, based upon the story, and they gather a whole crew of people, a whole construction crew, designer, interior designers, everybody, anybody you could think of, they pull the cast in and let them know the story. And within, I believe it is like sometimes four or five days or a week, they, they, they transform that person's house into a whole new house. Sometimes they have to literally knock it down to its foundation and then they rebuild it. And so then when the family comes back, see, they send them on a vacation, Walt Disney World, all of these other places, and they send them away and they may, uh, uh, whatever, they video them or Skype them or whatever while they're gone and do a check-in and say, hey, how are you enjoying your vacation? And when they come back, what, what's, the, what's the phrase that they use? Move that bus. So they put the family behind the bus and they say, move that bus. And sometimes what happens is the family, when they move the bus, the family will literally fall down to the ground and cry because it has been such a makeover, such a transformation that has taken place of the home that they once knew. They go in and every room is just like, they're, oh, wow. They're just like overjoyed and just crying and full of tears. But, you know, I started looking at why did Extreme Makeover end? It wasn't all what it shaped up to be on the surface. <laughs> it looked great on the surface. But some of those people who had an extreme makeover, they weren't ready for it. They had a house that was free and clear, didn't have to pay a mortgage, but they weren't ready mentally. And so one story I read, they went right back to the same old way. And they ended up having to leave and lose the house. One, one young man said that his mother went back to her same old ways. It was good because the newness was there and it was like, ooh, and ah, and the, when the newness wore off, she went back to her old ways and the son says that he has now estranged himself from his own mother because she had a new beginning and didn't know how to take it, didn't know how to take advantage of it. So we, I say that because we, in this extreme makeover, we are going to be dealing with some very crucial areas. God is torn down things to the very foundation. Would you say that? Torn down our lives to the very foundation. And he says that I need to make it over, but I need for your mind. I need for your will. I need for everything to line up so that you don't lose what I'm getting ready to do for you. What I'm getting ready to build for you, I don't want you to lose it because you can't handle it. 
So God is saying, I want to get his, I want to get my people ready to handle what I'm getting ready to do. And so extreme makeover, this whole series is, is about reconstructing, reconstructing our minds, reconstructing our thoughts, reconstructing the way that we, we are thinking, demolishing the old way of thinking, demolishing the old way of doing things. What do I mean? We cannot do church the way we used to do it. We just can't. I heard a, 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 a person I read something on this week that says that we must cling to our mission more than our model. What do I mean? We must cling to our mission more than our model. Well, when the car and the plane and motorcycles were created, the mission was travel. The model was the, was, was the car. The model was the motorcycle. The model was the plane. And if we focus more on the model than the mission, then we're going to die. And so as a church, we cannot cling to the model. The model is the way everybody else do it. It's not a cookie cutter type of house that God wants to build. It's not a cookie cutter thing that God wants. You know how it is. Me and Pastor Robert, I, I never forget it. We were getting ready to go. We had put a contract on a house and we were going to have it built. And I woke up one morning and uh, we had already, we went and looked at various models. They had certain that you, and then you can go in and tweak it, but all of them would be the same. And that's the way they build subdivisions now. But anyway, I woke up that morning and God told me, he said, go take the contract off the house. I said, what, God? He said, go take the contract off the house. And we did. Pastor Robert is, the te is here to testify to it. We took the contract off the house, asked him for our money back. And maybe about two or three years later, that's when we found out that the very subdivision that we were getting ready to have a house built in and the house that was going to be built was going to have Chinese drywall in it. From the ground up, all of those houses were messed up because of the Chinese drywall. And had Pastor Robert and I been in our flesh and said, we still want to be bullheaded and we want this house and we, it's pretty, God is in the location. God saved us. Saved us, even though the contractors, you know, did what they needed to do. But still, it was the heartache and the trouble that those people had went through. And so I say that to say that we must cling to the mission. What is the mission. When we cling to the mission, we will. God will give us a, a revelation. When we cling to the mission, God will cause us to be innovative. Innovative. He will cause us to be useful and effective. When we cling to the mission, what is our mission? Our mission can be found over in Matthew 28. Our mission is to therefore go and to do what? Make disciples. Make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. And then teaching them 
to obey everything. God said, I've given you the power. I, 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 God, uh, uh, Jesus is saying, I've been given all of this authority. And so now what he's doing to his disciples and he's doing it to us, he has now transferred that authority. He's now transferred that mission to us. And so we have to embrace that mission and stop looking at the method. Stop looking at the model. Well, my church don't look like that church. My church don't do this. I'm a t- I had a talk with a pastor this week. Let me tell you, a, a COVID has been the most humbling thing for pastors. Preaching to empty chairs. Preaching to people on the on, on, on social media that you can't see, touch, feel, and really interact with. It's been a humbling experience. But guess what? It's still the mission. The mission has not changed. The mission hasn't changed. But see, this is what gets me. We say teaching, and I'm almost done. We say teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. How can you teach somebody and you ain't sitting up under no teaching? How can you teach somebody and you ain't in, you not really even receiving teaching yourself? And I'm going to hit you, I'm going to hit home in a minute. Not tradition anymore. Not just getting by to get by. And I'm going to read this scripture and then we're going to close. Two scriptures, Jeremiah 18 and 1. And these are going to be our scriptures that we're really going to be uh, uh, going back to quite often. Jeremiah 18 and 1, it says the Lord gave, and this is the New Living Translation. It says the Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's house, potter's shop, and I will speak to you there. He said, first, you got to do what? You got to go. He said, you got to go. And he says, and then number uh, verse uh, 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 two, once you go down, he says, I'm going to speak to you there. See, some of us waiting for God to speak to us, but we got to get where God is at. Get where God is at. And then it says, and Jeremiah uh, 18 and 3 says, and so I did as the potter told me. I was obedient and I saw him working and found the potter working at his will. Now, verse 4, check this out. It says, but the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. Didn't turn out as he had hoped. He had great things for the jar. He had great things, but the jar decided that instead of me staying in the potter's hand, I'm going to take control of things myself. Said it didn't turn out the way I wanted, the way I thought it was, the way I saw it, because they started taking matters into their own hand. And so he did what? He crushed it into a lump of clay again and started all over. Allow God to start over with you. I'm coming to even my own self, starting over, starting over, relaunching the ministry, starting over. Anybody need a start over? Anybody needs to start over? 
Hallelujah. And my last scripture, and Trinell, you can pick up plan. This is the one I really want to stick with you. Psalms 127. If we are going to experience this extreme makeover, if we are going to be useful and effective during this time frame, we have to let the potter do what he wants to do. And so verse 1 of one, Psalms 127 says God's grace doesn't help. If God's grace doesn't help the builders, God is the builder, but we also help him to build. They will labor in vain to build a house. See, we've been trying to build what we think looks right. We've been trying to build what we feel is right. We've been building off of our emotions. We've been building off of what other people are doing. It's all right to get ideas. But your house ain't going to be like nobody else's house. Your house is a designer original. As a matter of fact, God's using your house as the model for somebody else to see and say, look at what my God can do. So we're trying through social media and I'm guilty. I had to get off social media because I was looking at social media and looking at what people were putting out there and, and feeling like I won't doing good enough and saying, well, God, I want it like this. God, well, that ain't my mission. We got to stop trying to be like everybody else and do everything that everybody else is doing. What's the mission? What's the mission? What's the mission out there? What mission has God called you to? Well, I don't know what God has called me to. He's called you to go forth and to make disciples. He's called you to be a church without spot or wrinkle. And I'm not talking about a physical building. He's, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So he says that if we don't solicit and surrender ourselves to God, we're going to labor in vain. But then it says if, if God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle it in vain. In other words, all of what you're trying to do, all of what you're trying to build, all of the money that you're trying to hold on to, you can't hold on to it because you're trying to watch it. And God's saying that I need to watch it. Surrender it to me. Surrender that person to me. You've been trying to do it, but God said you've been trying and watching and protecting and, and let me do this and let me do that. God said release them to my hand. Hayable say. Because it's all in vain. <laughs> this is what really got me. Verse 2. It says it's really senseless. To work so hard from early morning to late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. Pastor Robert talked about that. He realized that God was his source. 
And I was trying to console him and saying, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I was trying to apologize for the VA. But it was nothing that I could say or do. And I knew he was frustrated. But it took Holy Spirit to come in and get him to recognize. And I didn't even, that was revelation. Your job's not your source. Your finances is not your source. God's your source. You worried about having not enough, not having enough? Stop being fearful. Surrender to God. But then look, look at this. Some of us need to go to sleep. Because that last verse said God can provide for his lovers even while they're sleeping. <laughs> go to sleep. Get you some rest. Stop worrying about it. You can't do nothing about it. Take your hands off of it. Go to sleep. You doing this and you doing that. And I'm a talker. So I want to talk things out. Sometimes shut your mouth. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. God know how to do it. He know how to do the makeover. You wake up, you a new person. You wake up, that problem solved. You wake up, hey, it's done. Go to sleep. Extreme makeover. So we're going to be talking about demolishing the old. We're going to be talking about the mission of the church and the way that God sees it. We're going to even talk about God knows what he's doing. Stop acting like you know better than God. We're going to talk about perspective is everything. We're not going to rush through this. We're going to be talking about blueprints. <laughs> Knowing how to read the blueprints. Knowing what to do with the blueprints. We leave it up to too many other people to tell us what's right and what's wrong. Read the blueprints. We're going to talk about the importance of the Holy Spirit in this makeover process. We're also going to be talking about it takes passion to do it. And we're talking about the function of walls. Some walls need to come down, but some walls need to be built back up. So let's just bow our heads right now. Father, we praise you and we thank you. We give you glory. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do by faith. faith. Faith is the substance or the evidence of things not seen. Substance of things hoped for. God, we're hoping for greatness. But unless you build this house, unless you build it, God, they that labor, labor in vain. Father, and we don't want anything that we build, anything that we build is subject to cave in, deteriorate and fall and be burnt up. For anything that you build will last. So God, we open ourselves up to take this journey of an extreme makeover. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Come on, let's put our hands together. Come on, give God some praise. Give God some praise in advance for the extreme makeover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for the makeover. Thank you for the makeover.
Thank you for the makeover. Thank you for the makeover. Tell them at home. Say, thank you, God. Don't get tired. Come on. Thank you for the makeover. Hallelujah. We'll see you next week at the same time, 10 o'clock. Join us on Facebook and YouTube in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Open altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for the makeover. Thank you 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 for the makeover. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If you walked out of this house right out of this building right now and there was a brand new Lamborghini sitting out there, would you be sitting down and saying, God, I thank you? No, you'd be like, oh! You be hollering. You say, Lord, I thank you for the blessing. Pay for. Don't even have to put. You'll be giving God some praise. Hey, God. Hey, God. Hey, God. Yes, God. Hey. Woo, God. Oh, I thank you for the makeover. And I hear God saying. I hear him saying. <laughs> hey hold your praise back if you want to hold your praise back but the level of your praise will determine the level of your blessings the level of your praise will determine the level of your blessings the level of your praise will determine the level of your blessings hallelujah 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 Every time you think about what God can do, you ought to just say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Walk through the house and say, oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, every time I think about what God's going to do, I don't see it. But I'm saying, oh, hallelujah. Hey, come. Woo. Pastor Robert, come on, baby.